Hey, everybody. It's Catherine. Just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you all so much for your support of the Rebounding Faith podcast. In the last 10 months, we have been able to produce and release 40 different episodes, and that is only through God's grace and guidance and your support. So I wanted to thank you so much for your dedication to the Rebounding Faith podcast. I also wanted to do a quick update and let you know that we are going to be taking a break from now until the end of the year to just be focusing on content and where God wants to take this podcast next. So in the meantime, we encourage you all, if you haven't been able to go back and listen to the first episode, that you would take this opportunity uh, in the coming weeks to do that, to listen to our very first episode that we released that talked about why we do this podcast and our hearts and what our hopes are moving forward. And ever since that episode, we have had so much fun just covering a variety of topics and being real and talking about everything from sheep to shame. So I hope that you'll be able to take that opportunity and go back and either listen to it for the first time or take a re-listen. Uh, it would mean the world to us. And again, if this episode has touched you and helped you in any way, we just ask that you share this with a friend or a family member or just someone who can benefit from this podcast. And once again, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you, we love you, and we look forward to talking to you again in the future. And for now, here's Kristen. Welcome to Rebounding Faith. Today, we are going to be talking about marriage. It can be one of the toughest storms we are faced with weathering, but also one of the most rewarding. We're going to talk about the intent of marriage, why it's worth the struggle, but also acknowledge when it's okay to walk away. We believe that this podcast is best served with some of your gal pals. So hit pause, go grab some of your besties, a cup of coffee, a notebook, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari. I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle. Welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm sitting here with two of my gal pals, Catherine and Gina. Hello. Hope everyone's doing well on this Wednesday. Um, The topic today is one that has been on our minds and our hearts for a while. We've spoken about it a variety of times, and as of recently, it's bubbled up again via some feedback we've been given from a lot of you. The topic is marriage. Or marriage. Marriage. Like the princess bride. So buckle up. It's going to be a long (laughs) conversation. In all seriousness, on this podcast, we aim to discuss relevant topics, ones in which our listeners can relate to and that are meaningful, specifically topics that stop us in our tracks and force us to question the soundness of our faith at times, trials we're in the midst of, and trying to make sense of those trials and see the purpose in our pain. The topic of marriage has been on my heart a lot the last year because I just know a lot of people in my life who feel that the trial they are currently in is their marriage. They feel lost and don't know where to go, what to do, how long to hold on and fight, and dare I say, 
when to potentially let go. So Kristen, let me ask you a question on that. Yeah. Is that men and women that yeah. are going through that trial of mm-hmm. not knowing? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like too, and I think we talked about it on a previous episode, but even coming out of COVID, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like maybe there's some connection too to um, just emotionally what people went through during COVID or like we were talking about today earlier, Gina, like we feel like we're out of COVID and then all right. of a sudden you look around you and there's still so many people being impacted by mm-hmm. it, whether it's health, their jobs, their relationships, their mental health. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that has something to do with it as well, but I, I do think find like with a lot of other areas, COVID has had a negative impact on a, a many areas. And I think marriage is one of them or mm-hmm. can have, you know, yeah. Yeah. Cause where before you could escape, right. A lot of your coping mechanisms in marriage work or travel or whatever it was, was taken from you. And now, you know, basically you are left sitting in those challenges Mm -hmm. and those issues. Yeah. Yeah. And we still have a really high divorce rate in the country, too. And so one of the things I think is really hard as Christians is even the thought of saying the D word, divorce, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, we like to be as real as possible on this podcast, and we're going to get into some things today that I think are really challenging to talk about. But the the thought of, you know, even talking about problems in your marriage or if you're to the point where you think you should get a divorce, I know for me there's a feeling of, gosh, I don't know that I would talk about that with people from church because I don't want to be – judged. I don't want to be shamed. I think that's common, Kristen. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is a, a conversation that we're just having uh, at our Bible study on a weekly basis. I think there's there's different dynamics to that. I think it's hard to admit sometimes when you think you're failing or feel like you're failing at something mm-hmm. or that you're not as good a Christian as you should be or your marriage would be better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think those are difficult things to admit for people or you're afraid that someone else won't understand. And like you said, that maybe judge you on that or, or give advice that isn't helpful. And so it's easier to just not say anything and hold it inside, which isn't the answer. And that is the promise that we've made to our listeners from the beginning, that we would have conversations about things that are not easy to talk about. Mm -hmm. And you know what else too just occurred to me, but the more you do that and you don't reach out and talk, the more isolated and alone you feel. And so it's amazing to me how the divorce rate can be that high. And so many people are in marriage counseling and struggling with the same issue, which is a, a marriage in crisis and feel so alone. Yeah. yeah, Because you can't talk about it or yeah. you can't share. Right. Um, especially those of faith. So where do you go? Yeah. What do you do? You, you might even think I can't bring this to God because I'm failing in that way. Mm. Yeah. And I'm scared. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think there's a, a lot of um, people that think that you can't get divorced per what it says in the Bible. And we're yeah. going to talk through that as well, because I think that's um, a common misconception mm-hmm. about how God sees some of this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, ultimately, we're, we're trying to create a healthy platform in a safe space to talk about how we feel and knowing that it's a, it's sensitive and it's extremely personal 
But I also think that a big purpose of this ministry is, and we've made the commitment to always be real and honest, even if we don't have all the answers. We usually don't have all the answers. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's just being real. If you're listening because you think we're going to have an answer at some point in this, you can just stop. We'll right. see how many yeah. people tuned out. At we'll save you the suspense. Seven or six or whatever we're in right now. But I, I do think that it's a good step forward to make it okay to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How are you guys feeling about this topic today? Well, as someone who's not married and hasn't been for 25 years, it's, you know, but I, I know a lot of people that are married and, and I have a lot of friends that are married and family and, and, you know, I think that the really good marriages, I mean, where I just think, God, what a great marriage. I can count those on one hand even. Yeah. And that's a sad thing, you know, uh, Oftentimes I think, oh, I wish I was married. And then I look at someone's marriage and think, well, I, mm, being single is not so bad. I wouldn't want to be in that situation. So, yeah. you know, it's not a, not an easy one. Mm -hmm. And it's it's complicated and it's multi-layered, right? Big time, mm -hmm. yeah. But I haven't been married yeah. for a long time. So my input is a little different from you guys who are, are both married and Catherine for such a long time, 25 years. And you and Andy are like 13 13 years together, eight years married. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It took him a while to decide that I was the one. <laughs> Shocker, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll get That's into funny. some of my faults here in a so little bit. So how long did you guys date for? Like like six, five or six years Okay, before. we did too. Yeah. So we were together about four and a half years, almost five years. Um, and I've been married for just over 25 years. Uh, so, you know, 30 years basically with the same person. Um, my husband, Todd, who I love dearly. He always says I don't say nice things about him on the podcast. So today, Todd, I will be saying nice things just for you. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that we are the same people, though, that we were 25 years ago. Um, as life changes, it changes us. And the, the saying of, like, people don't change, I actually disagree with that. I think people do change. They evolve. They become um, adapting, you know, to their surroundings, good or bad. Mm -hmm. um, but even Christians, you know, we're evolving and we're changing in our faith. And so we need to understand that the two people, right, who took the vows uh, so many years ago on our wedding day were not the same people today as we were then. And so I think when people get married and they're evolving and in fact, I really firmly believe that the day on your wedding day, when you take the vows, you have no idea what you're saying. You have no idea when you say it in sickness and in health, mm -hmm. you know, you don't know what in you're saying. In richer, in for poorer, mm -hmm. right. Like it's, it's just until you live it and walk that road, you're like, okay. And I think Todd and I have been through the richer and the poorer and more the poorer. No. Uh, but I mean, I think we've definitely had to walk that road and stay committed and so, um, so relying on the commitment is absolutely necessary in those vows when you aren't feeling the love, right? That's when you fall back on, on your vows. And my dad once said, you know, that marriage is a living, breathing entity. And I never forgot that. I think that's so true. We need to feed it. We need to care for it. We need to uh, give it rest, right, during a, a heavy disagreement, like, period of time. And without taking care of it in that way and thinking of it as a living, breathing thing, it will eventually die. 
I think. Yeah. And so um, I know that there's some exceptions to this rule, which we're going to get into. Um, but anyway, those are just my my yeah. thoughts. That's a beautiful thing that you remember about your dad. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, I thought that it would be good to break this up almost into two parts, mm. right? So the first being, what does the Bible say about the intent of marriage? Why all this pressure to get married in the first place? What are the benefits of marriage? Why is it worth even fighting for, right, in those times that are really well, it's challenging? the tax breaks, clearly, <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> You ever hear people say, oh, it's the tax break. Yeah. My parents yeah. were were married. I've talked about this before. Yeah. They got divorced and then yes. they got back together. And when they got back together, they were like, maybe we should have just dated. <laughs> and we had already been married once. So maybe we should have just let this be. <laughs> That's funny. But so I do want to talk about why marriage, right? And then the second topic that we want to get into is, is about what the Bible says about when it's okay to leave mm. a marriage. Because yeah. like I said at the beginning, I think there's a lot that we as Christians maybe get wrong there. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the intent of marriage and we can kind of just give, you know, our thoughts and opinions. And Catherine, as you always do, did some great research on the symbolism of the ring, which I just <laughs> love. But really it's about bringing two people together into one flesh in his image to live according to his purpose here on earth. It symbolizes God's love for the church. And this started with Adam and Eve, as we all know. And it's discussed a lot throughout the Bible. You know, you can read through the Old Testament, and there's a lot about marriage talked about in Genesis and Exodus, through the New Testament, Matthew and Mark, just to name a few chapters there. But we discussed this in a previous episode as well. And I really like the concept of husbands holding their wives up and loving them as Christ loves the church, while wives are to bow down to their husbands out of respect, Mm -hmm. which really yields them both at eye level. Mm -hmm. So this concept of really, like, we are in this together, right? And we're going to walk through this really challenging and uplifting and all the the feelings in between. We're going to walk through this journey together in his image, Mm -hmm. the way that he wants us to be living according to his purpose. So that's what I was thinking relative to marriage. And we had talked about a couple Bible verses that we think really bring this to life. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 7, which I know is cliche because it's talked about and, and recited, recited at every wedding. Every wedding. Yes. yes. But to Catherine's point, do we really – I know for me as I read through this verse now, verse eight years ago – I think about it a lot differently. Yeah. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. We're going to break that down a little bit in a second, but that's a verse that just really kind of brings this to light for me. Another one that's just a little bit more straight into the point would be mm-hmm. Hebrews 13, 4, let marriage be held in honor among all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I know, Catherine, you had put some thought into, like I said, the symbolism of the wedding ring. Do you mm-hmm. want to talk through some of your thoughts there? So wedding rings. Yeah, I thought this was so interesting, you guys. So Wedding rings are worn, as you know, on the left ring finger, 
but that's not uh, by chance. That's not, there is actually a reason behind that. And that was actually because um, they believed that this finger had a, um, it's called a vena arm, I think it's called a lover's vein that led straight to the heart. So I think that's so interesting, which is why the ring is worn on the left finger. Who knew that? The circle uh, has obviously been used to symbolize eternity. It's kind of sometimes alluded to in wedding ceremonies, but the ring, like the circle, is a reminder of the perfection. And I love this with emphasis on endurance of the bride and groom's commitment to love one another. Um, Endurance is obviously the key word there. Um, these rings represent the eternal love of God that lives in you and in the love that you share with, uh, together as a symbol of your love. Um, I love this. It obviously, when you look at your ring, you should think of the vows that you have spoken and affirmed. Um, another important piece. Um, the rings are the universal symbol of marriage, right? So everywhere you go, it's kind of like you understand um, there's no beginning and no end, as we mentioned, to that circle. Uh, it reminds you daily that you're married. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe not so good thing when you're going through some tough times, right? Um, but it will remind you of the commitment that you've made for better or for worse, as we talked about some of the vows. Um, but they also remind you that there's another person in the world. And I loved this when I came across this that has pledged to love you forever. I do feel that way about Todd, that he has pledged to love me forever, even with all my quirks, um, (laughs) and through the thick and thin and definitely, um, definitely that and with all that they have. And, you know, that's, that's really interesting because when I really, when you read that back and you think about it, you technically I think it's natural tendency for us as human beings to think about how the other person is stepping up to their vows. Well, gee, does he love me through Mm -hmm. thick and thin? Has he been there for me through better and for worse? And you have to really stop yourself and say, have I done those things? Have I been there for him through better and for worse? And that's not as comfortable to run that back and replay that. But it's really important. And marriage is a state in which two people obviously come together and create a union. God's desire was for us to become one, right? So as the circle can begin anew at any point in that circle, I loved this. So a good marriage can pick any point to renew itself. So at any point you can say, okay, we're going to start over. Start. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't do anything about yesterday. We can't do anything about last year. But today we can pick this point to start over and renew. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so that recognize these rings are a sign of eternal love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last point is these rings symbolize your inherent wholeness and unity with one another, giving you strength, right, to happily honor your commitments to one another. Um, And that marriage is not a destination, but a journey. I loved that because that's really what it is. You look at where you are today, and I look at where, for instance, where Todd and I were, you know, 25 years ago, um, just coming down that aisle. What a journey it's been, you know, over this time. Mm -hmm. And so there's no beginning and no end, right? Eternal. So just a moment to moment opportunity. And as you alluded to, Kristen, right, to love and be loved to the best of your ability. And sometimes you guys, we have to be real, that changes. And today, the best of my ability might be more than what it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. And so you have to recognize in that moment, what am, what does the best of my ability look like 
Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like, and, and Todd and I are really good about this actually, is that we recognize that really only one of us can have a bad day at one time. Right. And, um, and sometimes when one of us is going through a heftier trial, um, the other one knows, all right, I'm up, I'm on deck. Like yeah. it's me, mm-hmm. I got to take care of this and I got to do that. And, um, and that has worked for us. Yeah, I think that that's the whole thing when I hear, you know, people say, oh, marriage is 50-50. I just, I just don't agree with that. No. It's not no. 50-50. It's it can whatever be 80-20. It needs to be. Sometimes. Right? Yeah. And, but I think yep. if you're really putting that other person's needs, wants, desires above your own, if you're both doing that, you know, then when one is struggling, the other one does step up and takes up the slack, you know, for the other so that it's, it's this fluid you know, yeah. you know, thing. It's not a, a set, well, I did my part. Now you do I came yours. to 50. Where are yeah, you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you stop right at that line. And I think too, you know, you have to also recognize that that will change over the course of your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And an example of that is when the kids were little and I was so tapped just emotionally, physically, I was so tired and I stayed home with the kids and Todd was working a really demanding job. And so at night we would have this contest. It was an unspoken contest, but it was a contest nonetheless. That was whoever had the more difficult day as a reward got the night off. Mm-hmm. So guess what that became? It became uh, you want the harder a complaint day? fest. <laughs> you do. Because then at dinner, it's like, oh, my gosh, Ryan had two tantrums. Mm-hmm. Kaylee was sick of here. And, and then it was his complaint, right? And so then you're like, well, we I like have go seven back and, and you have five. Yeah. So. And it was like this really yeah. immature way of looking at it. And I am not proud of that, you guys. Yeah. But today, like our lives are just as hard, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so, to, you know, every day, it doesn't matter like rain or shine, Todd still brings me tea every single night, you guys. Mm. Every single night he does that as a way to make me feel better, to bring that. I can say, you know, 20 years ago when the kids were little, I don't think so. It would have been like a contest. And this is just an example of ways that we've evolved through trials, Mm -hmm. I might say. It has not been through easy times, but through trials that have forced us Mm -hmm. to to become this way. I think with time, it sounds like Catherine, what you're saying is you realize you're on the same team. Yeah. We're on the same team. We're not supposed to be fighting against one Mm -hmm. another. We're, Mm -hmm. we're in this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I always think that it like life is so hard. Life can throw things at you that you weren't expecting. You wouldn't want. And, and, and it happens with the person you're supposed to love more than anything what you don't want to do is make their life harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not what you want to do. And the thing is, is that um, I love that saying, like, you don't want to should all over yourself, you know, but we can should all day. You know, you should do this as a wife. You should do that. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 31, you know, you can read through that. What you should do, you know, as a biblical wife. And this is not in any way an attempt to make anyone feel guilty. I think we have to start with recognizing that we're all imperfect. We all have flaws. And, you know, Todd and I today, we still fight. Shocker. You know, we do. We still wrestle over concepts. We still go back and forth and wrestle. And we probably will till the day we die because that's what happens, you know, in marriage. Um, But I think it's it's over time you evolve and you mature. Mm -hmm. And if you can just hold on, just hold on through those dark times. Yeah. 
through the times that you don't even like them. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even. Well, we'll get to that. That's the next <laughs> oh, transition. Is okay. is what, what do you do when things are hard? Okay. You know, but I think the why marriage, I think most people can get behind. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Most people are excited to get married mm-hmm. initially and understand the concept of why two people would spend their life together and how that ties into God's purpose for us. But of course, there are people who choose not to get married, mm-hmm. which is also fine. And mm-hmm. even biblically, mm-hmm. if you look at 1 Corinthians seven thirty-two and 33, it says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. So I think it's important to recognize, too, that if you make the decision to not get married, that is also okay. Mm-hmm. But if you make the decision to get married, we wanted to make sure we spoke about the benefits of that. Right. So I think transitioning now into what do we do when things in our marriage are challenging? So anyone who's married or broken. And broken. we, we you know, kind of just started alluding to this. But I think there's times when you know your spouse is your best friend and your number one and the person you go to with everything. But it can also be the toughest relationship at times. And Catherine, you were referencing this a second ago, but I think it's important for us to break down the first Corinthians 13, four through seven verse and really think about the statements that it's making. Right. So when I, the reason I say I look at this verse differently now is I've had eight years of like living in it to really think about my part in that. Is it different than what you thought it would be? It's a lot different. It's a lot harder. How how, how so? Um, I think when you're when you're first getting married, these these are just words, mm-hmm. right? It's really when the rubber meets the road, and when you do go through hard times, that you, I I can honestly say this sounds terrible, but when Andy and I are arguing or we're not in a good place, it's not like I'm going back to this verse to really think about, this is what we said at our wedding. Like I've got to be really solid here. But there are times where I read it and it just impacts me differently, mostly around where I have faults, Mm -hmm. right? So if we think about these, I'll just read them again slowly more as like their individual statements Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And, and as you were reading this, Kristen, I'm I'm saying there would be sort of opposition to each one of these, right? So if you stop and say, love is patient and kind, just yesterday I could say I was impatient and unkind, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm it's not like, agreeing that you were. Yeah. I'm agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> you can. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's something where we have to recognize that, you know, this, this bar is set very, very high. And I think if we read this verse, we're going to feel like failures, um, on a daily basis because we cannot 
hit all of these on our own, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so I think it's recognizing our own imperfections and that we're going to fall short. All have fallen short of the glory of God, right? Like we're not going to, his bar is set very, very high. So, um, so reading that, I mean, it's something we can strive for, but when I read that, I think, so then does that mean I don't love because I'm not patient or kind on that day? Does that mean I don't love Todd? No, of course. I, I think it does mean you, of course, you still love your husband. You're committed to but him. The action but in that was day, not you are love. not acting loving. Yeah. That wasn't a loving action. Yeah. When you were unkind mm-hmm. or if you were rude, you know, mm-hmm. or you weren't patient. Those aren't loving tendencies or characteristics. And mm-hmm. so while it is a bar, I think that's high. I think that it's listed as the goal. Mm-hmm. That is what we're supposed to be. And if we can attain those things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. then that's the idea. That's what makes a really strong More happy of a reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Of and and I know for me, similar to some of the things that you referenced, Catherine, like I'm stubborn and impatient. And I often insist that things are done my way when I want them done. And that sounds terrible to say out loud, but it really, and I don't know if, the, if it's this like transition that you go through in marriage, but I do think early on, I was more focused on what Andy was doing wrong, right? I, I even remember sitting, this sounds terrible to say, but I would sit in church sometimes and, you know, <laughs> the, the sermon would be about marriage. And I'm like, I hope he's, he doesn't seem to be taking notes over there, <laughs> you know? And, um, do you and think he thought that about you? Totally. That's okay. the, that's yeah. exactly right. what's happening okay. on both sides. Okay. Right. Right? Yeah, totally. But I, I do think our communication is really good. And so I think being able to talk about that, I often think now when something's going on, um, what is my part in this? Am I being patient? Am I being kind? Am I putting myself in his shoes and how he might be feeling? What's going on in his life? That's forcing him to maybe be anxious or um, less tolerant in general or whatever it mm-hmm. may be, right? Mm-hmm. And to your point, Gina, I can either pour fuel on that fire mm-hmm. or maybe I can try and pour some water on it. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. And I think, too, like insisting on your own way, going back to that saying, like you can be loved or you can be right, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like ask well, I think yourself a lot of that question. An argument, it's mm-hmm. a it's a power struggle, mm-hmm. right? And you want to be you want to be right, and you want your point to be heard because you want to change their mind. But instead of you know, it, it, it's so much better to to take that part of it out and not trying to just win. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it in just relationships in general. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. Save us so much more strife yeah, in absolutely. our life. Yeah. What do you guys think it means when it says love believes all things in a marriage? Probably the good in in the marriage. It believes in that other person. It believes the what they say and what they do, that their motives are right. That's how I'm kind of reading it, that you believe their intentions, even when their actions might not line up sometimes. Hmm. I think so, too. Like it's um, believing your significant other when they tell you they feel a certain way or they're going to do something or they're going to try something or um, it, it that's maybe too black and white, right? But I also think 
in spirit, it's believing in the marriage, believing in the commitment. Mm. So not questioning, not being cynical. Yeah. So you are believing um, in him, believing in the marriage. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. It just, that kind of stuck out to me. It's like, huh, I get bears all things, hopes and endures, but what is believes Mm -hmm. all things? Yeah. I've heard it broken down like this, and and I feel like this was easy for me to relate to and think about real time when things might be hard, but to try and practice patience combined with empathy, right? To to slow down, and maybe it's the Italian in me. I'm really emotional, don't want to go to bed angry, so I'm like, let's just – argue, make up, get this all done in the next hour so I can go to sleep and be okay. Clock is ticking. Let's go. (laughs) Um, And that's not fair, right? Um, Andy needs more time to process. And so for me, I'm trying to think about being patient and allowing myself the time to just step back and really understand how he might be feeling, how I'm really feeling. And then moving into accountability, right? What are the parts that I own in this? Was I kind? Was I really thinking about how he might feel in this situation? Or was I motivated more by my own feelings Mm -hmm. or or how I want things done? And then forgiveness. And I think this one can be really hard. But if you think about forgiveness really as the conscious decision to release feelings of resentment, this is where I think the believing comes in. Like if I, if I tell you I'm sorry for what I did and I'm not going to do it again, do you really believe me or do I believe you when you say that? And are we in a good spot to your point to move forward from that moment, moment on? Yeah. And, um, just a few quick thoughts I had on forgiveness. So in a previous episode, we, it actually was for give for gift or forgive right Mm -hmm. in that episode we broke it down and learned that forgiveness really is about being for that person so much that we're really rooting for them and wanting them to succeed and win and Mm -hmm. be on their side and the give obviously that is a no-brainer right we're giving that we're releasing Mm -hmm. them of any wrongdoing. And I think understanding that some of it is um, uh, transactional where they're asking for our forgiveness, but then other times they, maybe they can't bring themselves to ask Mm -hmm. for forgiveness. Right. And so it's at that point that we still need to forgive them for that. Maybe it's a blind spot, something that they're not seeing and we're just needing to forgive them. Yeah. And vice versa, right? Like we need to be forgiven a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this, you guys, before we kind of move on to the next phase of this? No. I don't think so. No. I think this is probably the hardest part to talk about. Yeah. Um, we mentioned this at the beginning, but what if you are at a po- at the point where you feel like you've done all you can do in some of these areas we've talked You're about? You're scraping the bottom of the barrel. That yeah. tin sound is happening, right? Mm-hmm. I in think your emotional yeah. res- re- reserve. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of misconceptions out there about divorce and faith. And I suppose it depends on maybe how literal you want to take things and or perhaps how well certain ideas fit into your narrative around religion and what you want to believe. But I think the reality is this is a lot harder than people think. And Mm -hmm. again, you know, we're not here to draw a line in the sand with this stuff. And 
I'm not a theologist, <laughs> but You're I not, do Kristen? think. <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that we all did a lot of prep for this mm-hmm. and really rummaged through verses in the Bible to really figure out what does the Bible say about this. And so when we talk about reasons to leave a marriage, let's start by um, acknowledging maybe an article that you had referenced, Catherine, that I think brings a lot of context to this mm-hmm. topic. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I came across this um, this article that I thought was really well said. And essentially, you know, they state outright that the Christian faith does not promote or encourage divorce. And I think we're, we've been very open about that today. Uh, it also, you know, doesn't take it lightly. Um, but in some circumstances, you know, it may be warranted. Um, now, recognizing that God really intends for a married couple to become so physically, emotionally, and spiritually close that they actually are one, right? Mm-hmm. One flesh. When something so serious that enters into the marriage that they no longer can be this, quote, one, right, unquote, the marital bond can be considered broken. Uh, Now, this brokenness really is like a harsh reality that the marriage is over, right? So many times marriages end in brokenness even before someone decides to file for divorce. So if you think about that, I have known couples that um, now not my age, couples, but I knew of one couple that stayed together, married you guys, and no one in the family even knew if they were still married or divorced. That's how crazy it was. And um, they were together living in the same home for years and their kids were all grown up. They had grandkids. And uh, I remember the daughter-in-law telling me that the mother would take the breadcrumbs off the counter and put them in her hand and go put them in his bed because he would leave the breadcrumbs on the counter. I ask you, how is that not broken? How is that not over, you know, and in need of serious repair? But anyway, I digress. So the point is, is that marriage can result in some real severe brokenness. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's really what Mm -hmm. it talked about and then gave some reasons um, what that brokenness might look like. Based on a lot of the research that we did, I think primarily in the Bible, there's two main reasons that are called out for divorce, and that's adultery and abandonment. Adultery is talked about quite a bit, but in Matthew 19, 9, it says, and I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So even remarriage is Mm -hmm. considered adultery in the biblical sense. Mm -hmm. Exodus 20, 14, you shall not commit adultery. Again, pretty straightforward. Abandonment is talked about, again, a couple different times in the Bible, but 1 Corinthians 7, 15 says, but if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? So abandonment is is really kind of like this blanketed term that's used a lot throughout the Bible. And I think that if you look at it, there's different forms of abandonment and two primary forms that I think a lot of Christians talk about that would be kind of viewed in this umbrella of abandonment is addiction and abuse. Mm -hmm. And we know that God doesn't want us to be with someone who is abusive, right? right? And that is viewed as, as kind of under that umbrella of abandonment. 
relative to how a lot of people speak about that. Um, as you guys were looking at more of like modern times, like how this relates to some things in the Bible, what did you guys uncover? Or what are you thinking? Well, I think for me, um, when I look at, you mentioned addiction and abuse, um, there's so many forms of addiction today um, that can just consume an individual, not just drugs and alcohol. Um, I mean, there are forms of gambling addiction. There mm -hmm. are forms of sexual addiction. Mm -hmm. uh, there are forms of work addiction. You know, somebody who's working all the time and not there. Anything that would consume someone so much that it would remove them from the marriage. Mm -hmm. um, they may be physically present, but mentally and emotionally, they are not there. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen women guilty of doing this, uh, like spending, right? Shopping addiction, where they will use a credit card for half of the purchase and they will use cash or another form of just to hide that from their husband. Mm -hmm. So you have to ask yourself, you know, addiction. So that's kind of a big part of abandonment, as you say, Kristen, in that way. And then you already alluded to abuse. But I don't think God would call us in any way to be present in a circumstance where we're being harmed mm -hmm. um, physically or if mental or emotional abuse is happening, control um, something like that, where it's really affecting your mental health. Mm -hmm. I think there's, if there's any danger involved, yeah, you know, if there's danger to your well-being, mentally, emotionally, if someone is hurting you, or causing you harm, um, of course, God wouldn't want us to be in a situation that's dangerous, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally. Mm -hmm. You know, that uh, falls in that. Uh, abuse category. Mm -hmm. And I think addictions, uh, you know, if you're spending, that might be something that can be worked through. And, and that's mm -hmm. a habit and, and uh, a, a bad habit that someone's gotten into. Some of these things can be worked through if they're not endangering and endangering somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I right. think that's kind of what you have to really kind of work through mm -hmm. in, in the relationship is when does this move from uh, not healthy to really toxic. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, and I think tying it back to the, the commitment that was made and I don't think abandonment necessarily is the literal term that might be used in verses in the Bible. I think it can also be viewed as an abandonment of those vows, an mm -hmm. abandonment of that commitment. Yeah. And to your point, we're all imperfect. Mm -hmm. And if there's something that's happening that someone's going to take accountability over and try and get help and try to make sure that they're living up to their commitment in those vows, that's one thing. But the abandonment can happen by that person making a conscious decision to not try and change right. those things. Yeah, I agree. And listen, there's in no way do the three of us want to sit in judgment of anybody else, you know, you listening at home and, mm -hmm. and your struggle. Um, I think it's something where I have had e enough conversations with different women who have confided and shared with me through the Encourage program and just girlfriends and whatnot, like the struggles that are out there that just blow my mind what women, you know, um, and men, right, both yeah, um, are going through in their marriage. And, 
you know, I think uh, prayer, right? Like that is just going to God and just on your hands and knees and just praying to God for guidance and strength um, for the next step. But yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. And so I, I don't think it's um, it's an easy topic by any yeah. means. And it's we've referenced this a lot. It's also not binary, right? It's not as easy as saying that divorce is not okay. It, it's not that simple mm -hmm. because I've heard people say that before mm -hmm. in the Christian faith that it says in the Bible that you under no circumstances can you get divorced. And I guess what I've been most shocked by is that's actually not what it says right. in the Bible. And of course, there are reasons that we're referencing where it is okay to walk away from that commitment if the other person is not living up to their end of the deal in some of these areas we talked about. Yeah. But that's very different than I think what might be happening sometimes, which is I deserve to be happy and I'm not happy anymore, right? That goes back to the mm -hmm. accountability of yourself. Like, are you individually, am I Kristen Corona living up to my end of the deal? Mm-hmm. Am right. I being patient? Am I being kind? Am I, you know, like that is where I, I think and I hope that those are some of the things that we're praying about if we're struggling in our marriage is like, please help me do everything I can do. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, a point I just want to make too for people who are divorced, I'm divorced, you know, and that isn't a death sentence, you know, and, and it's, even if you got divorced for all the wrong reasons, yeah. you can be forgiven for that. The Lord doesn't hold that over your head. You might suffer with some of the repercussions of the choices that you made. Um, but I don't want anyone to feel like because they got divorced that they can never remarry or that they, they can't be right with God because that's, that's just not true. You mm -hmm. know, That is such a good point. I, I would hate for there to be people out there who have been divorced who just think that that's just the X on their back that mm -hmm. they're just never going to be able to get mm -hmm. over. Right. That is just so not the truth. Right. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. And to carry severe shame mm -hmm. with them. COVID right. That. Yeah. that would be really mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. This is a really tough topic to discuss. And I, I appreciate you both providing your perspective I think a lot of our listeners can be anywhere on this spectrum, right, of wanting to get married, newly married, celebrating 25 years mm -hmm. or more like you, Catherine, maybe newly divorced or divorced for years. I think it's an acknowledgement that we're all in a different spot. And our hope is that we can love one another and support each other all along this spectrum. Right. And that we can create safe environments where people can open up, mm -hmm. whether their marriage is in a great spot or it's not. Yeah. I think we owe it to the people in our lives and the people that we come across that we maybe don't even know to provide a really safe, non-judgmental zone for people to be able to talk about this. Because it is really hard to talk about. And... I want to take it back to, to two of the points, Catherine, that you mentioned relative to the symbolism of the ring. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good way to tie things together as we come to a close here. Marriage is a state in which two people come together and create a union that is greater than the sum of its parts. 
as the circle can begin anew at any point, so a good marriage can pick any point to renew itself. These rings are symbols of your internal love. May these rings symbolize your inherent wholeness and unity with one another, giving you the strength to happily honor your commitments to each other. May they remind you that marriage is not a destination, but a journey with no beginning and no end, just a moment-to-moment opportunity to love and be loved to the best of your ability. I just love those two points so much. Yeah, I do too. And regardless of where you are on this Mm -hmm. journey, please know that God is with you and he wants only good for you. So when you're praying, ask him to give you strength. If you're in a good place, pray and be grateful for your marriage that it's in a good place. If you're in a bad place, pray Pray. and ask for help. Let him into your marriage and allow him to be present to help you on your journey. Knowing that there is no beginning and no end. Just a moment-to-moment opportunity to love and be loved. Mm. I love that. Thank you guys so much for talking about this today. I think it's great. Yeah, great topic. Um, I know I learned a lot. Felt mm-hmm. super safe talking yeah. to you guys about how I feel. I know we're just three women sitting mm-hmm. in this room, so who knows <laughs> what the world is going to think. But right. really, really grateful for you guys and your perspective. Yeah. As always, okay. please visit our website at reboundingfaith.com, and we hope you have a great rebounding week. Thank yes. you. Yes. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week, and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.